The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. Uh, shout out to my man, Keith and Paul. Of course, that was uh, them you heard prior to the start of my show, Lockdown Coverage. They're locking it down there. By the way, I want you to know, Keith, that I talked to Kwame this morning, and as as I should expect, he said you, you handled your business. You locked it down. You keep it like that. Uh, certainly glad to know that you're keeping it like that here at Voice America Sports. But uh, Kwame said he enjoyed coaching you. So I want everybody to know that uh, my man, uh, Keith, ain't perpetrating. He the real deal. <laughs> so uh, glad to have him here on, on, on the network with us here at, at Voice America Sports. Uh, as always, you know, I always want to give a shout out and let you know what matters to me. Uh, and I tell you, one thing that matters to me is I thank my brother and all the veterans in the world, those that are still with us and those, of course, who have gone on to a better place in heaven for everything that you do for us, making this the best country in the world. And I certainly appreciate it because I'm not sure I had the heart, to, you know, never say what a man won't do. But I can tell you this. I haven't volunteered because I, I just don't know if I could do that. Now, if I had to do that, I would do that. But again, there's not a draft in place anymore. So you're not drafted. You volunteer to be a part of the United States uh, service and uh, service, whether it's the Marines or the Army, or the Navy, and that's both men and women. And so as, as as much as people might think, man, them some big, strong, you know, courage, men of courage out there on the football field. No, the real heroes and the people with the real courage. Yeah, they're a part of our military. And I certainly appreciate that. So and let me just say this. I, I need to say this. I want all those out there who've ever had a chance to watch a football game. Let me tell you, when you watch that football game on TV, it's one thing. But when you stand on those sidelines and they play uh, the Star Spangled Banner, and then all of a sudden, as soon as they finish, when those jets come up, fly over that stadium, oh, my God, you hear them before you see them. And let me tell you, it shakes your heart. And it just brings out tears that you, you know, it's just, it's such an emotional time when that happens. And I'm, you know, I just, you know, I just, I remember that. I remember standing on those, those sidelines and playing those football games. And all of a sudden you hear those jets come in. Oh, man. Talking about fired up, ready to go. It's game time, baby. So I certainly appreciate that. I just, I thought I would share that with you because that's something that I, when, when you talk about missing the game, 
that's one aspect of the game that I that I just miss. Of all the things that I, it's, it's that emotion. That's when the emotion is at its peak. At pregame, when you're out there on the field, they play in the Star Spangled Banner, and out of a sudden, you know, and it's in the home of the Brave and them Jets. Woo, man. But then, yeah, you better be brave because now it's on now. It's on on the football field because the Jets went by and true. Okay, I got that out. So, uh, hey, if any military people out there want to call and share with me, you're welcome to call 888-346-9144. Again, 888-346-9144. If you just like to, you know, talk with me a little bit about your experience of maybe you're one of those uh, military persons that were actually on the football field before an NFL game. Or maybe one of your friends were. Or, you know, just the fact that you appreciate the fact that we appreciate you and you want to tell the world that, hey, you do it again. You're welcome to call. Anybody want to call and talk to me today? Lines are open. You can call me. I'll tell you one thing I'm going to talk about. I'm going to go off football a little bit and I'm going to jump over to my favorite sport in the world, basketball. My man, Phil Hubbard. Shout out to Hub. Everybody should know Hub and I were teammates in high school. Uh, Phil Hubbard, great basketball player at Camp McKinley High School, went on to the university up north, <laughs> number one draft pick. Uh, and Hub played many years in the league and went on to coach in the league and, and now is working in the developmental league. But, um, man, I've always wanted to be a basketball player, and I just never got a chance. So I'm, I'm a real frustrated basketball player. And shout out to Boom Boom out there in L.A. because, Boom, I want to know what in the world were the Lakers thinking about? When they let Phil Jackson, when they passed over Phil Jackson, when they left him in waiting, I mean, was this a thing where you, did you really need to, and it was embarrassing, did you really need to embarrass Phil Jackson? What was that all about? You went to him first. Now, that this is what, what it tells me, is that when you go to a person first, that's your first option. And you don't move on to your plan B particularly if there is no other job openings in the league. <laughs> D'Antonio would have been there anyway. There, there, were no any, there were no other job openings in the National Basketball Association, period. Every job was fulfilled. As a matter of fact, I don't even know if anybody would have been, you know, chasing after Mike D'Antonio even after the season. But I want to ask the Lakers this. Why did you not give your first option at least the time of which you have extended to him to think about it, to get back to you before you went to a plan B? What rush was there to go to a plan B? If you didn't want Phil Jackson, why did you go to the man's home? Period. I I just don't understand that. I'd like for somebody to help me understand because I'm having some problems with that. You know, it's almost like you, you, you pick the first one and you say, oh, oh no, that, uh, no, I don't really want you. You know, I'm going to throw you back in. You know, somebody else can have the option to pick you up because that's not really what I wanted. What? Why did you go? Mitch Kupchak, please somebody. Dr. Buzz's son, whatever your name is, what, please tell me. Why did you do that to Phil Jack? What was that about? I mean, the man, you know, he was relaxed. He was chilling. He probably would have been cool even if you didn't call him. He probably, like the rest of the Lakers, you know, once a Laker, always a Laker, was probably not real happy that the team wasn't performing up to the standard. 
The Lakers have created a standard of excellence. They've won multiple championships. Phil, we all know how many Phil got. So why go to this man's home? Come to him to talk to him about the job. He acknowledges to you he's up for the challenge. You don't talk contract, but he's up for the challenge. And regardless of what it costs you to get Phil Jackson, I, I will tell you this. If it costs you more to get Phil Jackson, if, if Phil Jackson alone would have cost you as much as you're paying D'Antonio and what you got to play Mike Brown together, you could have raised ticket prices and Showtime would have been right back. They would have been there. People would have paid. You're talking about L.A. You're not talking about some market, small market out in the Midwest. You're talking about Los Angeles. You're talking about one of the storied franchises in the history of the National Basketball Association. It would have been showtime all over again. Now, of course, Kobe is older. Of course, Superman is still hurt. You know, of course, Steve Nash is hurt. But there is a persona of which Phil Jackson just brings to people. Phil Jackson is able to get out the best of, you know, he's what a coach is able to do. He's the definition of a coach. He can inspire a player to play above and beyond what he ever felt that his limitations were. He can inspire you to play more. He can pull greatest out of great. He can make you the greatest instead of just great. That's what he's done with Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, he's pushing, he pushed Kobe from great to challenge Michael Jordan. You know, he, he, he could do that. Now, I, I just, I just, there's times where there are executives in every aspect of business across various industries where ego will come into play. There are times where that will happen. But I think the best executives are those that are humble enough to say, what's the most important thing here is what's the best thing for the business, for the, and, and sports is business. The Lakers are very, very, very productive business in terms of revenue and production and, and just what they mean to basketball. They're probably on TV as, as many times as any other basketball team in the National Basketball Association. And they didn't even win the championship last year. They didn't win their, their conference last year. But they probably will be on TV as much as any other team in, in the NBA. And yet and still, as an owner, you can't put your ego aside. The fans were telling you what they want. The people that pay to see the players play were telling you when they knew it was time for you to make a decision. They were hollering. They were screaming. Phil. They wanted Phil Jackson. It's, you, you, they took the guesswork out of it. Now, I, I think there's times where, yeah, you do have to, you know, make sure that, that you're making the best decision for your business. I do understand that. But I don't think there would have been anything wrong at all if the best decision for your basketball team would have been what the fans were demanding. After all, you could have, you know, what you could have said to them is, okay, we gave you what you asked for. That, 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 that's what you simply could have said to them. You, you gave them 
what you what they asked for. That's what you wanted. You asked for Phil Jackson. And so if if, if that's what they if that's what they want, I, I just don't know why, 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 why you couldn't possibly give that to them. You know, for the life I'm just I, I'm 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 at a loss for words. I'm I'm simply at a loss for words because. Uh, Oh, boy, how much time before I go for a break? You know, somebody shoot something up here, you know, on the screen so I know because I'm really lost for for words here because this is it's really for me. I think it was a bad move for basketball. It was a bad move for basketball. You needed the Lakers right back in the thick of things. You did not leave. You did not need the Lakers to start off, you know, um, the way they start off. They start off with 0 and 3, 0 and 4, something like that. It was the worst hit, you know, it ever been before. So. Okay, let me, let me let me get past that. I just I just had this. I just had to go on that little rant. I had to go on that little rant. I think we might have to go on a break. I might hear a little music in my ear. If we're going to take a break, we're going to go ahead and take this break. Then we're going to come back. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. <laughs> So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Okay, you hear that music, you know the show. It's the Rail Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And I don't know for what reason, but I can hear a whole lot of noise in the background. And I'm assuming... There you go. It's gone. You can't hear it anymore. It's magic. You know, I can handle magic. See, I'm thinking about the Lakers again. <laughs> let me get that out of my head and, and let me move on and talk a little bit about football. And I'll tell you what, man, football, whoo, football is a rough sport. It's, it's a rough sport. And um, you, you, you got to be ready to play. 
And you got to have some backups ready to play. And if you don't have some backups ready to play, then you're probably not going to be a very good football team. And right now, I guess I got to rant a little bit about my my old team, the Philadelphia Eagles. And, and, and listen, we the, the problem is not Michael Vick. The problem is the offensive line. We all know that. The problem is the offensive line. But at the same time, I will say this. I will say that Michael Vick has held on to the ball a little bit too long many times. I, I will agree to that. If it's a three-step drop, it's one, two, three, boom, let it go. Many times in professional football, you know, a defensive back, he's only at a disadvantage when you do something before you get him time enough to recognize what you're going to do. Because if you let the play develop, he's seen it too many times in film not to know what it is. And then that play recognition, then a lot of times once he sees that, then he's going to have enough time to jump around. Now, here's what I think that Michael Vick and a lot of other quarterbacks in the National Football League, including Ben Roethlisberger, they need to watch Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning gets the ball out of his hands sometimes, you know, under, you know, a three-step drop. No. Peyton may take one, two, boom, it may be gone. He may take three steps, but the ball is gone. He's taking those three steps so fast, he's getting that ball out of his hands. And now remember now, these guys are running 40 times in like four, okay, let's say the corners. They're running four fours, four threes, maybe four twos. That means, let me explain to you what that means. That means that these guys are running a 40, they're running 40 yards in like 4.4 seconds. So if that ball's got to travel a distance, that means that that player is going to be able to react. So you got to get that ball out before he started to react because he's read the play because he saw this happen so many times in practice that he knows what you're running. Because then they're gonna, you're going to feel like your receivers are covered. But listen, I don't care if the receivers are covered. It's, there's too many quarterbacks in the National Football League that are not allowing their receivers to make plays. Throw the ball. Just just throw the ball. I, I, I was a, a high school receiver years ago, and I used to just tell my quarterback, shout out to Dr. Rock Hunters. I will see him at the Super Bowl this year in New Orleans. Rock, of course, was, you know, probably still in the record books at Tulane University. I never once, I think one time in my life, my sophomore year and my junior year, he was my quarterback. One time did I have to jump for a ball, and I was upended. Other than that, the ball was always, I turned my head, the ball was there, or I'd run up under and the ball was there. He didn't wait to see. He would throw me open. You know, he knew the route. I knew the route. So I, I I didn't have to worry about if the ball was going to be there. Run the route. The ball's going to be there. You know, if I'm running, a, you know, a three or five, you know, a seven, six, five, whatever, you know, break, plant your foot, boom, come out. The, the ball's going to be there. That's what Michael Vick has to do. And a lot of other quarterbacks in the National Football League, you have to go ahead and trust the receiver that if you throw the ball and you put it in a position where it's supposed to be, that if he doesn't catch it, he's going to become a defender and he's not going to let the defensive back intercept the ball. Quarterbacks are getting hit and getting hurt because they're holding on to the ball too long. Now, here's another rule that I think the NFL needs to change in order to protect the quarterbacks. They got it wrong. Why the hell is it intentional grounding 
if a quarterback throws the ball when he's in the pocket and throws it to a place where there's nobody there and he throws it simply so he won't get hurt. I thought you were trying to make the game safer. You're telling the quarterbacks that he can't throw the ball if there's no receiver in that vicinity because it's intentional grounding. And so he's got to hold on to the ball, which means he's getting hurt. I, I don't understand that one. That of all the rules that they've ever, you know, they've changed and they've adjusted to today's game, that to me is the stupidest of all of them all. Because it really, it doesn't hurt your offense. And it really, and, and it doesn't really help the defense because if it's intentional grounding, then they obviously it was not a complete pass. So if it's third and 20 and the quarterback, you know, the rush is on him, he just decides to throw the ball in the ground over there. Well, they didn't, you know, they didn't succeed in their attempt to get a first down. So it's going to be fourth down. They got to punt it. But what happens is you don't have your quarterback getting killed. I mean, I think that's something in midstream during the season. You need to stop. Hold on. We're going to change this rule. The guy, if he's in the pocket, he can't get rid of the ball. So that means if he's in the pocket and the people coming from all around him, he's going to get crushed. Somebody going to hit him low. Somebody going to hit him high. He's going to get bent over. He's going to get hurt like Ben Roethlisberger last night. That's just crazy. Anybody could see that. When you talk about safety, that's just, you know, I, I just, I don't know, that one, I just, I never gotten that one. When they came up with it, if you're outside the, if you're not outside the pocket, then you can't throw the ball away. Shout out to The Ohio State University. I'm going to shout out to Arch Leister too. You know, we, come on, man. If somebody dig deep enough in your closet, they're going to find something too. But, you know, they opened up his closet and they found some things. I promise you. Every time I used to come off the football field and Art Sleester used to go on the field, and I'm shouting out because mm, they may be 11-0 this week, and if they do, they're matching our record of 11-0. But anyway, just thought I'd throw that in there. You know, shameless little plug. 1979, Ohio State Buckeyes. Every time I come off the field, I go past Art. Every time I would say to him, Art, if they're not open, throw it away. A sack is the most senseless play to ever happen that a quarterback should ever do. He should never take a quarterback should never take a sack. Never. And that was a gener guess what? That was a generation where you could do it. And so go back to 1979 when Arch Leister played and look at Arch Leister's play and see how many times he took a sack. Cause I reminded his ass coming out and I, oh excuse me. Oh little slip there. But I reminded him, don't be gambling with my money. Throw the ball away. Don't take a sack. Do not take a sack because a sack does a lot for defense alignment. First of all, for defense alignment in the pros, not in college, but there's incentives there. Well, there's really an incentive for defense alignment in college, too, because guess what? If you get a lot of sacks, you'll probably become all-conference. Then if you get even more sacks, you'll probably become an All-American. And so there is an incentive there for, and then if you become an All-American, you probably get drafted. You get drafted high enough, you probably make a lot of money. As a matter of fact, you strike it rich. You're an instant millionaire nowadays. Why? Because you you got, you got sacked a quarterback. And so the quarterback, if he's an intelligent quarterback, and he understands the game, that the hell with the incompletion or the percentage of completion, you know, they should start taking some stats to understand that for the sake of the team and what was better for the team, I sacrificed my percentage of completion by throwing the ball away. Not only that, 
I didn't sacrifice my body just because I wanted to make sure that my ratio was higher of my, my completion ratio was higher than the next guy. No, I played smart football. So obviously the scouts who are watching these games understand this is an intelligent quarterback. He understands that the hell with your stats, throw the ball away, don't take a 15-yard sack, live another day, don't get hurt, help the team. And I'm saying that, why am I saying that? Because we got about four NFL quarterbacks, and they didn't all happen, you know. Jay Cutler, was, he was running, but Jay, I think Jay might have crossed the line of scrimmage. But still, you know, he was, he was in a throwing motion when he got hit. And so, you know, Mike Vick. Again, he's running around trying to get out of the pocket to throw the ball away or try to complete a pass. But again, he gets hurt. Alex Smith, again, running around. Instead of throwing the ball away, you know, he gets hurt. Ben Roethlisberger standing in the pocket, you know, can't throw the ball away because he's in the pocket. He's surrounded. People coming in on him, pocket shrinking, can't throw the ball away. He gets hurt. Now, I know I'm not the only one who's seen this. As a matter of fact, I think if, if I'm Roger Goodell, Roger Midstream has made some adjustments. Hell, go ahead right now. Bam. Who are you? I believe I got this line from Eddie Murphy's movie. I thought you were the king. Roger, I thought you were the king. This is something that's best for your team. You now can throw the ball away. Just say, this is best for your league. I'm sorry. You now can throw the ball away. Instantly. Next week, two weeks later, it won't change the game. That's okay. People understand. They can't hit the quarterback hardly anyway. So if he throws it away, then they really know they can't hit. When, in fact, when the quarterback throws the ball away, they know they can't hit him. So when he starts throwing it, then they're going to back off of him. But I tell you, the, the four quarterbacks that, w- that we're missing right now in the league, I, I think they would be still with us if they were, and it could be an accumulation of hits. It certainly was with Michael Vick. I've said this since early in the season. Michael Vick's performance or lack of is because he's be, his body is beat up. First of all, Michael's ribs, I don't think have healed. And now they're saying that his head. Now I, I got, there's something else too, man. I'm on, I'm on this, you know, I'm looking out for players today. I believe I believe the equipment has been compromised. Sports science can check this out. You can go back to some hits that happened years ago. And I'm telling you, the hits happened years ago. The men were just as big and just as strong as they are now. You know, linebackers probably were bigger years ago than they are now. Maybe they weren't as fast as all the linebackers are now, but they certainly were as big. And they were as strong. Okay? But I am telling you that some of the hits that the guys are taking today are not as as vicious as the hits that some of the guys took previously. You know, guys are hitting their... Right now, it's not concrete. They're not playing on AstroTurf. Guys are falling on grass. Synthetic grass, whatever kind of grass. It's, it's not the kind of, you know, concrete stuff that AstroTurf we were falling on now. And they're getting all these concussions because they're making impact with the ground. I think we need to look at the equipment. The equipment may have been compromised. They're trying to make it look pretty, whatever. But is it is it as good as it was years before? They say it is. I really don't know. I see too many helmets coming off the heads for sure. I'll tell you what. I've been hitting my head a few times, but I know I hear music. And I know when I hear music, I got to take a break. I'm just looking out for the players. I'm, you know, it's one of them days. So I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the players. But anyway, I hear that music, so I got to take a break.
You listen to Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, talking about them quarterbacks getting hurt. I don't like that. Let's see if we can make it safe for the quarterbacks. Let's see if we can go ahead and, you know, let them throw the ball away. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spies her, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Yeah, the music, you know the show. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice of America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. Uh, you know, I start off earlier in the show. Of course, I talk a little bit about the Lakers and that decision with Phil Jackson. You know, bothering me a little bit, but you know, I got to move on. Got to go past that. You know, I still like Kobe. Love Kobe. You know, just uh, wish Kobe could have got another ring. Don't think it's going to happen now. Mike D'Antonio, although he might have been with Kobe on that Olympic team, you know, and they might have done some good things there you know that that was the olympic team that was the you know probably one of you know greatest assembled basketball teams ever and it was one of it wasn't that you know i I still would like to think that uh, the dream team uh, i don't think there'll ever be another dream there might be a nightmare trying to put a team together to be as good as good as the dream team uh but i don't think uh that there'll be another dream team because they were the first you know they were the first they set the standard everybody else is trying to live up to what they did and, you know, players are still trying to chase Michael Jordan to become the greatest player ever. You know, we haven't established that anybody has, you know, dethroned Michael as of yet. You know, I don't think we, you know, there is some, you know, some controversy as, you know, you put, you know, our, you know, let's say, let's put the eight, let's go three deep on the bench of, you know, of the dream team and then go, you know, three deep on the bench of, you know, most recent team and uh, maybe, but, you know, I still take the dream team, you know, so, uh, 
But anyway, got over that. And then, of course, you know, looking out for the quarterbacks in the National Football League. You know, you, you can't do any you can't win anything in the National Football League unless you've got a damn good quarterback. Now, I don't want to say great quarterback because I don't necessarily think you need to have a a great you need to have a real good quarterback. I mean, a real good. And I mean, the entire package of it. He must have, you know, athletically, he must be extremely, you know, good. He must be good. Very athletic quarterback. Uh, Not at the extreme when it comes to athletic. He doesn't have to run a four, six. You know, you don't have to even run a four seven. He can run a he can run a four eight or four nine. He could be okay. Bernie Kosar, Bernie, shout out to Bernie. Bernie ran like a five two, but Bernie had the ability to buy time in the pocket and, and make it happen. Uh, there's been some other quarterbacks who couldn't run real fast. That's okay. John Unitas, I don't know if he could run fast at all. In fact, John might a lineman might have beat John, but that's okay. John could throw that ball. You know, stand up in that pocket and throw the ball. So, but just looking out for the quarterbacks. You know, I think Roger needs to step up. Uh, the committee, who's ever on that committee, you know, Jeff Fisher, I think you were on that committee at one time, may still be, step up, you know, there's one thing, that we, we always complain that you can't touch a quarterback, uh, but at the same time, you know, you, you shouldn't really just be able to unload on a quarterback, because after all, you know, a quarterback is one of those positions, when you talk about a receiver, an unprotected receiver, who is trying to concentrate on a football and he is just, you know, he's totally vulnerable to, to being just taken completely out. I feel that way about quarterbacks at times when they stand in the pocket and they go through the rhythm and use the proper technique to throw a ball. Sometimes they, they are just they're standing there, a statue, to be taken out. I don't think we should do that to quarterbacks, you know. I think when it comes to something like that, you should probably have to push a quarterback instead of, you know, really unloading on him because he is just standing there and, you know, just going through that motion of which the way he's been trained to do. And it's almost like if you were playing, and a lot of people don't like this, but back in the day, you know, we used to play uh, football. You'd have a steady quarterback. He wasn't really on your team. He was a quarterback for both teams. And so he was a steady quarterback. So you really didn't have to guard him. Nobody was rushing him. He just stayed back there. It's a street football course. And so many times in the National Football League, it's almost like the quarterback's a steady quarterback. It's like you want him to, you know, steady. He's going to be there consistently all the time. Uh, so you don't want to take him out. And that's why until he gets out and he becomes a runner, you can just take him out. You know, uh, you know, he slides. You can't hit him. Any other receiver, they can slide. They kind of get themselves up, but they don't get as much protection as a quarterback. When a quarterback slides and you jump on him, you try to hit him, there's going to be a flag. If a running back tries to slide, eh, that's, that's something a little different. So what a great way to segue into a running back because that's what I want to do. Calling Adrian Peterson. Really? I mean, there were some people out there. There were some people out there that were questioning the talent of Adrian Peterson. Now, come on, don't come on. Come from behind the door, the wall, from up under the rug. You know, wherever you hiding that because you know who you are. There were some people out there that were questioning how good Adrian Peterson were. They were going back to those college days and even some, you know, trying to throw up some question marks there. Are you serious, Adrian Peterson? Have you seen this man, this young man, this beast of a man who has come back off of a knee injury? Don't even look. I mean, imagine if he didn't have a knee injury. 
you can't get, there's not a running back right now in the National Football League. And yes, that's according to, you know, what have you done lately? Then a running back you can give me right now in the National Football League that I wouldn't take instead of Adrian Peterson. And that was even before he got hurt. I still would take him. There are some people out there that are questioning Adrian Peterson, who right now, I mean, certainly the comeback player of the year, if he doesn't does, finish the season, if, and, and I, I, I don't even want to say this, but let's just say he, he already has the trophy. The trophy has his name on it. Comeback player of the year. Who else? They said, now, I know who, I know what you're saying. I know I already hear it. You know, I don't like Denver anyway, but I, I know what you're saying already. Peyton Manning. Now, the thing about it is, you're, 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 there could be, there could be some competition there. There could be some competition there. But the thing about Peyton Manning is different than Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson is getting hit every time he touches the ball. And then there's times when he don't touch the ball, he's still getting hit. Peyton is in control of how many times he gets hit because Peyton gets rid of the ball. Peyton gets, throw, you know, 1,000, ball gone. 1,000, can't even get 1,002 out. And the ball's gone. But Adrian Peterson, he's running the ball. He's getting tackled. They're hitting him on his legs and his knees. Peyton isn't getting hit in the neck every time. I don't even want to see Peyton get hit in the neck. You know what I mean? You know, because it's one of those things, you know, if Peyton, if his injury, if he would be re-injured, I'm a little, you know, I had a neck injury. I can't go there. Adrian Peterson, you know, okay. You know, he'd be his knee, be okay. But, you know, Peyton's neck, you know, that, okay, we don't want to go there. But in terms of performance, okay, it's ne- it may be, somebody may even say it's neck and neck. <laughs> no pun intended. They might say it's neck and neck. But because of the punishment that Adrian Peterson has taken in terms of, you know, everybody's after him. He's running the ball. So many people are jumping on him every play. He and, and, and Adrian, he's still playing football the way Adrian Peterson played for football. Angry. He, he's he's mad. He's mad because he, he got hurt, and, you know, and missed a couple plays. But I, I just have to say right now, statistically, performance wise, you know, I you know, I really don't think, you know, people Peyton, I think with and to be honest. There's something you we can see something missing in Peyton's play. He's successfully getting it done, but we we see a little bit missing <laughs> all day. Nothing missing. You know, as a matter of fact, he might be back to his prime. Not that he, you know, nothing's missing. Not a step. He making the same cuts. Not even thinking about it. See, that's one thing about a running back. You know, when you're a running back, many times when you run the ball, the greatest running backs ever, if you ever get a chance to talk to them. And this is what I used to always tell people as a player. I was never concerned about the big dudes running the ball. That's uh, that's okay because when a big dude is running the ball, you got one thing on your mind as you approach him as a safety in the National Football League, and that is you're the safety. That that's what you know. That's the position. It's because everybody else is gone. Everybody else has made an attempt. You're the safety. The safety valve. You're the person that's supposed to make the tackle. When a big dude came running him, I I didn't worry about that. I'm gonna tackle him. That's okay. When you got somebody that's big and that can move like Adrian, you don't ever know what they might do. See that that when when somebody got a little bit of wiggle with it, get a wiggle with it too. You know, you know what I'm talking about. You don't know what they're gonna do. He might decide 
He want to give you that nasty, you know, Marcus Allen kind of stiff arm. You want to throw him down, then grab that stiff arm. You try to take his arm off. I did. What? Really? Did you just try to stiff arm me? Yes. That's what you might want to do when they throw that stiff arm out there. Stiff arm is the most. I, I've told you this before. If you listen to Rail Sports on the Voice of America Network, you know you can do anything you want to me on the football field. Don't stiff arm me. Bruh, don't try that. That's the most dis. You might as well spit in my face. You stiff arm me? Did you really? You know, that's like, you know, that's like mug. And, that, you, that's a mug. That's like, man, get out of my face. That's, that's what a stiff arm is. A stiff arm is saying to you, you better get out of my face. And, and then, you know, just pushing you away. Really? Did you, you didn't do that to me just now. Did you, did you try to do it? Because I'm breaking your arm. And so Adrian can do that to you. And Adrian, you, come on. You know he did it to a couple fellas. Somebody, what I don't even want to talk about, with that two-fold number up there in Cleveland, just lift you off your feet. That's one thing they might do to you. Then they got to, you know, they give it to you and take it back. That's when, you know, step here, boom, ooh, you try to grab that leg, ooh, that leg is gone. And then, you know, they might even, Chuck, shout out to Chuck Foreman, the spin, you know, they might even do that on you. Somebody who got that, who can do that, you know, not a big dude who only got, he, all he can do is just come run at you a fullback, but I'm talking about somebody got a little wiggle with it, you know, and then guess what? He might just decide, guess what? I'm just going to do the sweetness thing on you, the Jim Brown thing on you. I'm just going to run you over. John, shout out big John Riggins. But I'm just going to run you. That's what a big boy do. Big boy just want to make a statement, just run you over. I got run over one time. I'll never forget. I, I'm, I'm going to keep it real. I was hurt because I don't believe in getting run over. But I got run over. Tripped him, made the tackle. But listen, man, that, you know, so so when you got a running back like Adrian Peterson that can do all, that's the best kind of running back in the world. He can do everything. The screen pass he catch, he can catch the ball. He can, and he can go to dip. And then when he gets past you, he's gone. Don't, you don't even, you know, you might as well step aside, act like you pulled a hamstring, do something so you won't be on the highlight films. But a running back like that, so that's why I give him the edge over Peyton, because Peyton steps back in the pocket, and Peyton, you know, he hands the ball off, he throws the ball. Peyton don't want to get hit, so he throws it real fast, and maybe his receivers catch it. But when you talk about somebody's like, no, you can't hand the ball off to nobody, you can't throw it real fast, so we can't hit you. We're going to give you the ball, and you're going to run, and then we're going to come get you. We're all coming at you. And then you do your thing. You, you, make, it, you make the decision how the play is going to end. That's how Walter Payton used to do it, too. Payton used to do this. I'm going to decide how this play is going to end. I'm going to run you over. I'm going to put a move on you. I'm going to run past you. I'm going to stiff arm you. Or I'm going to score. That's the Walter Payton way. I think that's what Adrian Peterson doing all over again. I can see it all over again. Adrian Peterson runs angrily just like Walter Payton. Walter was angry running the ball. Man, how come I hear music all the time so fast as soon as I get into it? But that's okay. I'm going to let this music go on and play. I'm going to take this break here. It's going to be my last break. And I'm going to come back and we're going to talk about, you know, a couple of games last week. And a couple of games coming up. And then the show going to be over. This is Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix living like it matters. I'll be right back.
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Form. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Form or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com may not know all their names, but you certainly know what they did. They helped make this game into what it is today. Now we can do more to help them. The NFL Alumni Association is proud to assist our retired players to help make their lives better today and tomorrow. To learn more, please visit NFLalumni.org. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Music, you know the show. Mr. Whale of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix. Uh, living like it matters, and uh, like I said when I started the show, what matters to me this week in particular was I wanted to make sure that I thanked all those veterans, starting off with my brother Roy Ellis, my big brother, you know, who laid it down for me, showed me the rope, showed me how to do things. I watched my brother play, and I'm like, okay, I got it. I can do that, you know, except he had one thing wrong. He's left-handed. I was right-handed, but uh, gave me a great example, and I appreciate my big brother, and I appreciate the fact that he stood up for his country on behalf of the family. Because, like I said, I couldn't do that, man. So thank you, man. Love you. And uh, thank you to all those veterans out there. And uh, continue to get it done and continue to represent our country well and and serve us well. And we're going to be all right. So there's a couple things that, you know, that I want to make sure that before it was over with. And and for some reason or another, I'm having some problem with my Internet. But I'm going to get it right here. So you guys just hold on with me. You know, we got uh, we got a couple games coming up here. And I'll tell you one thing, I'm a little bit concerned about, I want to say this about the quarterbacks, I want to go back. I'm concerned about NFL quarterbacks and their backups because the backups, you know, the backups, they, they stand a chance to get hurt just as bad and just as much. In fact, the ratio probably increases their chance to get hurt because I don't know if many of you know this, but a backup quarterback does not get a lot of, in fact, a backup quarterback doesn't get any repetitions in the practice week throughout the NFL. So any of you out there playing fantasy football, and if you put, yeah, man, I don't really know how to play fantasy football, but if you can pick a team, you know, I, I wouldn't, I, I think most of you are smart enough to know that. Never pick a team that's going to give you a, a, a backup quarterback. Because if you're playing with a backup quarterback, it, it, chances are 
you <laughs> you're not you know you're not going to win you know because it's just it's just too hard because first of all that that person that's stepping in for the quarterback who's been playing all week long and that quarterback is now he's gone he's hurt and this next week well see coming up this week it, it'd be different because they've got some reps to get in but if they haven't had any reps in you got a problem you 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 got a problem so um for those of you who are concerned about you know backup quarterbacks and stuff like that and how much time they get they don't get a lot so you know don't be upset if your backup quarterback you know you bet on your team and Ben Roethlisberger got hurt and you guys were okay this weekend because you know Ben got hurt but you know big fellows able to step in there and and get it done so I tell you what let's let's let's, let's just think about this before I go to football, because I may not even get a chance to talk about football, there's one thing that I did, I got to touch on this, because it bothers me. It bothers me a lot. And that is this college basketball 24 hours a day. Now, I don't know about you, but maybe it's because I've got, you know, a couple of decades on this earth. A few of them. But will you... Please tell me, why is it necessary? I, I, could, I could deal with the practice, but why is it necessary for a college team to play a basketball game at 2, 3 in the morning? You know, how much more do you want to exploit these kids? You know, is it really that important that they're playing basketball at 4.30 in the morning? At, at 2.30 in the morning? Basketball, really? I mean... I know people who just fly out from the East Coast to the West Coast. And when they get here, you know, when it hits, you know, nine o'clock here, you know, they're a little tired because it's really 12 o'clock back east. So therefore, their body, the, the clock is not adjusted and it doesn't adjust in one day. So if you've got these kids out here who's going to play a basketball game, they got to play a basketball game at 2.30 in the morning. It's their time. 2.30 in the morning, they you normally sleep. Now, I would just be curious of, you know, who, what's the thought process? What is it about marketing? Really? Do you really need to do that? I mean, do you think the fans are staying up across the United States of America to watch the basketball game at 2.30, a college basketball early in the season that is really irrelevant? Really? 2.30 in the morning. Why is that? See, this is all I'm saying is that, you know, when they go to the table to negotiate these deals, and college sports is all about big business, who is there negotiating on behalf of these kids? I, I just, I was watching the big boy shows this morning, and when I got up and I, and I was watching that, and, and then, of course, you know, they were showing highlights from some of these games, and I'm thinking, are you serious Really? Now, of course, you saw a lot of the, the teams were supported by their local fan base. But if I'm sorry, if Ohio State was playing this morning and they, and they played on the West Coast and they played at, let's say, 2.30 in the morning or let's say they played at 2 o'clock in the morning, which means it was 4 o'clock in the morning back Midwest, and they were up at 4 o'clock playing basketball, and then I'm up at 2 o'clock to watch the game, come on. All I want to know is when is going to come a time where 
college athletes have a representative at the table to negotiate these things on their behalf. Because as far as I'm concerned, that is crazy. That, that is crazy. There's no way in the world. You would not, that would not happen. That would not happen in the National Football League. That would not happen in Major League Baseball. That would not happen in hockey. That would not happen in basketball. If they traveled across the seas and perhaps maybe they were in China or someplace and the clocks were a little bit different, that might happen. Of course, that happens when when the West Coast travels to the East Coast and the East Coast travels to the West Coast. So there is some adjustment there, but they normally arrive. You know, it's a trip that they make and they come a couple days in advance or a day in advance to get their body clock adjusted. But I'm telling you, I don't even I don't care the fact that it's just one day. That's one day too many. That should never happen. After all, these are student athletes. The most important thing should be the fact that they're trying to get an education. And so for you to have these basketball games, you know, on at these wild hours of the night, I just don't get it. I really, I really don't get it. So, you know, it could just be me, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one who, who, who cares anything about the college kids, but I, I would care to believe that I'm not the only one. I would care to believe that perhaps maybe there may be some kids who are not interested in playing, but they didn't have a voice. There was nothing they could say. So, you know, I guess they'll continue to, to do things the way they've done them. And we'll just see what happens. So anyway, let's think about this. We got some games coming up this week. And there's some people out there, even the NFL, there's some people out there don't believe in these Thursday games. And I'm not sure. I, 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 I like the Monday night. But the Thursday might be a little bit too much. Thursday might be a little bit too much for the, you know. And we'll, we'll come to find that out. But it's a collective bargaining agreement has already been, you know, accepted. So we'll see. But, um, you know, of course, you got Buffalo and Miami this week. Uh, Buffalo played the Patriots strong. But I, I just think Miami is going to win. They got Arizona and Atlanta. You know, and, and I think Arizona's at Atlanta. Atlanta just lost a game. They're going to, you know, Atlanta's going to be ready. Atlanta's going to win that game. I like the Arizona Cardinals defense. Don't like the offense. Cleveland's going to Dallas. Of course, you know, I want Cleveland to win that game. But I think, you know, Dallas just beat the Eagles. You know, they, you know they're feeling pretty good about the chances of winning the division. So I, I got to give it to them. Now, Green Bay, of course, got to go to Detroit. And I think Detroit likes when they play Green Bay. So, I, I you know, I don't know. You know, it depends upon, you know, what side of bed the Packers wake up on. Uh, because Detroit, you know, it depends on what side of bed Detroit wakes up on. But I'm going to pick Green Bay. Uh, since, uh, man, let me see. Hold on here. Uh, okay. I got one minute, so I got to hurry up. So let me run through this real fast. Let me pick the ones that are most important to me. Of course, Baltimore is playing Pittsburgh. Big Ben's not going to be it. I got to go with the old Browns. I'm going with the Ravens of that. Now you got Indianapolis and... New England. And hey, uh, can my, can the lucky man get lucky again? We'll find out. But I think Tom Brady's going to be a little bit too much for them. And when I hear music, I'll let you know because then I have to go. The Eagles in Washington. And you know what? I think RG3 is going to let you know he's the man. RG3 going to win that one. And the Jets at St. Louis, you know, and I, mean, I just feel so bad for Mark Sanchez. I, but I don't think Tim Tebow is going to get in the lineup. So I'm going to go ahead and go with St. Louis on that. I like St. Louis. Uh, San Diego at Denver. Well, Peyton's looking good, man. So Peyton's probably going to get that done. And, uh, of course, I believe Cincinnati will beat Kansas City. So if I'm not mistaken, I think it's that time. I appreciate the fact that you tuned in. You've been listening to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. 
I'm in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.